Greetings and welcome back to another in our ongoing series of Shirim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom and we are now in the final podcast of our study of the first chapter of Masachet Gitin in the middle of the sugya of Ma'amad Shloshtan and uh, near the top of Dafyo Dalaram Aleph Amarle Rav Rav Acha Bardala. So Rav told a, um, a colleague Kava de Morika Itli Gabach Yahave Liploni he says, I have a kav worth of saffron uh, that uh, that you are holding on to. Yahavi leponi, give it to the other fellow. And I will tell you in his presence that I won't change my mind and ask for it back. Now, what is the implication of Rav saying that? It sounds like he could change his mind if he weren't to say that extra line, I promise I won't change my mind. So that seems to contravene Rob's statement that without any specification. What Rav really meant to say is since we're going to make the deal meaning you, me, and the new guy I want him to go to it will not be retractable. Now if that's the case Rav already made the ruling why does he have to teach it again? So, I would have thought that Mamad Shloshtan is necessary for a large gift, where the person may then regret it and want to take it back. So, you need Mamad Shloshtan. Maybe something small, like a kav of saffron, it's not a very big deal. Maybe the recipient does not have to be present. So, Kamash Malan, that he needs to be present. That's why Rob's saying, we'll make the deal in front of, with all three of us together, and then I won't be able to change my mind. Now, Hanu Ginoi, there were several um, people who were gardeners, meaning that they would uh, sell vegetables in the marketplace. They would garden them and, and sell them. They went, they put their stuff in together, and they made a cheshbon together. And the way that they divided it up, it seemed like one guy had five extra zuzim, which evidently was the tax they had to pay to the landowner whose land they were using to farm this stuff. Um, so now what happened? So they told the guy who had the five extra, you give it to the guy who owns the land in his presence and be kona it. And that way, uh, it'll go to him. Then the fellow went home and made his own cheshbon. It turned out that he didn't have five extra, which means the five that he had committed to giving um, weren't really extra. He was no, he had no more than the other guys. They had divided it equally. After the coming of Nachman, so he came to Rav Nachman and said, "Is there any way I can get my money back or get out of the obligation?" Marley, what he wanted to do was to devolve the obligation of paying the tax on on the four partners that he had too. So Rav Nachman said, what can I do for you? First of all, there's the halach of Rav, which is Mamad Shloshtan, and that's exactly what you did. The owner of the field was there, your buddies were there, you were there, so that's it. Plus, you made a kenyan with them in which you accepted the obligation. So Amarle Rav, Rav, Rav Nachman's student turned around and said, What, is this fellow saying, I refuse to give? All he said was, I don't have such money. In other words... I originally thought I had five extra. Now, when I went back and look, it turns out I don't have it, which means I'm not refusing or reneging on the deal. It turns out it was all a mistake. So Amar Leis, Rav Nachman said, Then the Kenyan was just a mistake. And then it goes back. Okay, now back to the issue of Holech Bishchi. If, 
A says to B, go give C $100 that I own. Amarav chayav b'achrayuto. So the first thing is that the A who's sending it is still chayav b'achrayuto. So if something happens on the way to the money, A still has to pay it back. But on the other hand, A cannot pull B back. In other words, A is has got both chumrot. On the one hand, he has not relinquished his obligation to make sure the money gets to C. On the other hand, he can't pull B back. Since A maintains responsibility for the money, he can retract B. Now, so perhaps Rav and Shmuel are disagreeing about the following. That uh, Rav holds holech kizchi, which means when I give it to you and take it, that means I'm being asking you to be zocha on behalf of the other guy, and that means I can't pull you back. Umar savar holech lav kizchi dami, and Shmuel says just because I told you to give it to, to him, I'm making you a shliach holacha, but not a shliach kabbalah, which means you're not an agent to accept it on C's behalf, and therefore you're still my agent. I can pull you back. So look, the Chuliyama Holech Kishidami. Everybody agrees that Holech Kishid. When I tell you to take it, what I'm being asked you to do is acquired on behalf of the recipient. They have a different disagreement. The question simply is, do we say this Migo? In other words, Shmuel says, since I can't pull you back, I am no longer responsible for the, uh, I'm sorry, since I still have responsibility for the coin, Therefore, um, we have to say that I'm, you're still my shliach cholach, and I can pull you back. Rav says, we don't say such amigo. On the one hand, I'm responsible for the coin, because I still owe it to the guy. On the other hand, I made you a shliach kabbalah, and therefore, I can't pull you back. Now, Tanya Kabateda Rav, we have a bright that supports Rav's contention. Holech mono the pony shani chayavlo, or tain mono the pony shani chayavlo. Either give this money, uh, walk this money over there, or give this money to Plony that I owe him. Or holech mono the Plony pikodon shish lo biadi. Ten mono the Plony pikodon shish lo biadi. Use the same two words of holech or ten. Go walk this pikodon, this money that I am watching for Plony. Give it back to him or give it to him. Chayav achrayuto. The sender, A, is still chayav until it reaches C's hand. But A cannot pull B back, the middleman, from his shlichut. So you see, it supports Rav. Now, Picaron Lemale Now wait a second, this is all premised on the idea that Holech Kishi, which means the minute I give it to you to take to, to the third guy, um, you have acquired it on behalf of him. But that only works if it's a schut. So paying back a loan certainly is. But if I'm giving it to another guy to hold on to, why can't the owner say, I'm not, uh, sorry, I'm sending it back to the owner, why can't the owner say, I don't want to have some middleman who's not very careful take it? And therefore, it's not a schut for me that you're handing it through him. I want you to bring it to me. And until then, it's not good, which means, again, based on the principle, this guy cannot be a shliach kabbalah. So we answer with a, circum- so with a circumstance, uh, where A, it turns out, is somebody that we all know isn't very honest about piktonot. And therefore, C is much happier to have B carrying it to him than to have A holding on to it, where tomorrow A might deny that he has it at all. Now, Sheshet Havele Asarta de Sarvali Mukhuza. Of Sheshet, um, had some, uh, property, some, some, um, um, some cotton garments, uh, flax garments in, um, in Mechuza. Rav Sheshet uh, lived at Bun Pumadita. Amar le Rav Yosef Barchama. So he told Rav Yosef Barchama, Bahadi da'atit aitinu ni'ali. You're going there, so bring it back. It's somebody else is holding it for me. Bring it back. 
So the people gave it to Rav Yosef to bring back to Rav Sheshit. So they said, acquire it, because we don't want to be responsible for it anymore. So he said, okay, I'll do it. But then, at the end, he backed out of it and evaded it and somehow took it without taking responsibility. When he came to Rav Sheshit, he, Rav Shesha praised him and said, you were smart to not accept responsibility because then you are, you have a, a, um, a status of Eved Lova Leishmalve, meaning somebody who, uh, borrows money is effectively indebted, which means you'll end up being indebted to him by taking on this responsibility. Alright, the other version is The other version is the same thing. Basically, instead of saying, you haven't turned yourself into this pasuk, he just quoted the pasuk. Now, He had some sort of a silver cup in Nahardea. Rav was in Eretz Israel. He had a cup that was in Nahardea that somebody uh, had watched there, and now he had to get it back. He said to these two agents... Uh, who were his uh, students in Israel, his colleagues, you're going to Bavel, uh, perhaps they're going to collect money, or they're going uh, for, for the for the Beit Tanasi in, in Eretz Israel. so bring it back. Azul, they went, they gave them the cups. Amri Lahu, the people who are holding the cups, said, we want you to acquire it from us, so we're not responsible. Amri Lahu, lo. Um, so then they said, uh, we don't want to accept responsibility, we don't want to be kona from you. Amri Lahu, so these fellows said to these two people from Israel, Ahadri Nihalan, give the cup back then. Abdustai Rabbiyane Amar Lahon In. So Abdustai said, okay, I'll give it back. Rabbiyosef Akifar Amar Lahu Lo, he refused to. So they started harassing Yosef and Kifar. Amar lechaze mar hecha ka'avid. So Yosef and Kifar said to his buddy, do you see what they're doing to me? Amar lahu tavramule. Hit him more, or abuse him more. So then they finally got away. When they came back to Eretz Yisrael, Amar lechaze mar, you see what my fellow did, what this story did to me? He not only didn't help me, he told them to hit me harder. So the Rav Acha, Rav Rishia, said to Rav Dostoy, Amai Tavid Hachi, why'd you do that? These are very big people with big hats, and it was a very powerful people. They speak from their, their gutter, they're very guttural. They have weird names. They have weird names. If they tell people to tie somebody down, people tie them down. If they tell somebody to kill them, they kill. You know, these are very powerful people. If they would kill me, who would give my father another son like me? In other words, he's saying, I was in danger for my life. So then, Ravacha asked Rav Dustayar, are these people connected with the court? He said, yes. They have horses and mules that ride after them, and they're to the honor like that? She said, yeah. If so, then you did the right thing because you really would have put yourself in danger. Now, that's the end of that story. We now go to uh, a continuation of the discussion of Holech Kishchi. If a fellow says Holech Mon on the Ploni, uh, A says, go ta- to B, go take this money to C. He went and he tried to find him and he couldn't find him. Assuming now that C is dead. According to one version, it comes back to A. The other one is you find the heirs of C and give it to him. Now, 
Let's see what this is about. Leimah Mahakim Apology. Perhaps this is the Machloket. Mar Savar Holech Kishchi. Mar Savar Holech Lav Kishchi. Maybe the Machloket is whether Holech Kishchi. That according to the one who says it comes back to A, Holech is Lav Kishchi. And he just asks him to take it to him. You don't find the guy, you come back to the Shaliach, the Mishaleach. Holech Kishchi means the minute I give it to you, it belongs to C. And if C dies in the meantime, then when you get to him, it belongs to his estate. So Amr of Abba Bar Mamal, he, he uh, challenges this and he says, lav He says, Holech is not kishchi, meaning if I tell you to take it, that doesn't mean that you're now acquiring it on behalf of the recipient. I'm just asking you to take it. Velokasha, here's how we reconcile them. Habavari, habishchimira. In the case where it comes back to A, that's where the sender was a healthy guy, has to do normal kinyanim, and all that B is being is a shliach holacha. He doesn't find the guy he's supposed to bring it to, he brings it back to A. If, on the other hand, A is a shechibmirai, on his deathbed, and we allow them, to see the note on the page, we allow them to do all sorts of incomplete kinyonim and have them be completed, then when he says, holech, then we have to say, okay, we're going to take it all the way to, to C gets it right away, and if C died in the meantime, then we then give it to C's heirs. That's answer number one. Razvinamar gives a different answer. Hava both cases are shechibmirai. Not one shechibmirai, one bari, but they're both shechibmirai. Hadi'ita the makabal v'shad matan maot. If C was alive at the time that A gave the money to B, then when B got the money, he was Zoch on behalf of C. And then if C subsequently died, it goes to C's heirs. But if, on the other hand, C had already died when A gave the money to B, they just didn't know it, then C never acquired the money, and then it goes back to A or to A's estate. Rav Papa gives the third answer. Both cases are talking about a bari. If C died while A was alive, then that means that um, that the money has to come back to A because um, C was never Zoha. Remember, we're talking about a bari. And C was never Zoha in that money um, um, with the because of the Shaliach. Right? And there is no concept here of mitzvah lekaim divramate because C died first. However, Rav Papa says... If the A died before C died, then we're motivated by Mitzvah Kaim Divramate and want to give it to C. C in the meantime, C then gets it. C died in the meantime, we give it to C's heirs. Now, perhaps this whole issue of Holech Kisri is Tanaim. And we have here a long Breita, which we're going to analyze one way and then turn it around and analyze it a different way. And I made a chart on the page so you could follow it. Tanya. A says to B, take this money to see. He went to look for him, didn't find him. We assume he's dead. Then it comes back to A. If A is dead, then what do we do? It comes back to the heirs of A. Some people say, perhaps the version is that it comes back to the heirs of C. We have to fulfill the words of the mate, which would mean that it's going to go back to the heirs of C. The Chachamim say you have to split the money between the heirs of C and A. The Chanamru, here we say, the Shaliach should make his own determination. And um And um Hanasi says that um that I had such a case that happened and the ruling that happened was that it went back to 
uh, the errors of A. All right, so we've got what sounds like here four different opinions, which is Rav Natan and Rav Yaakov saying it goes to the um, to the A's errors, or another version is it number two, it goes to C's errors. Rav Meir said Mitzvelakim Divramate, which means it goes to C's errors, but for a different reason. Chachamim say we split it, and then. There's the so the fifth opinion that says the shaliach has to determine where A would have really wanted it to go, and then Rishim Nasi, whoever that is, we're going to try to work on that at the end of the parak, is is says that I had a case that happened, and he supports the first opinion. It goes back to A's heirs. Now my love, Mahakimi Palgi, isn't this the machloket? Tanakama Sarah Holech Lav Kishchi. The Tanakama, who says that if A is alive, it goes back to him, says Holech is Lav Kishchi. Renatan and Yaakov agree, Holech Lav Kishchi. The Alpha Gavdamit, even though A died, Lormin Mitzvakim Divermit, we don't have the principle that you should try to fulfill the words of the dead fellow, because halachically, technically, it comes back to A. The Yeshomim Holech Kishchi, and the Yeshomim says, no, Holech is Kishchi, and that's why it has to go to C and C's heirs, because C already got it. You know, same. I'm sure Rabbi Yaakov, I'm sure Meir. What's that? Holech lav kisri agrees in principle. Holech lav kisri. It should go back to A. But if A died, I'm reading mitzvah lekaim divramet. We want to fulfill his words, so it goes to C and C's estate. Why do they say achloka? You split it. Because they're not sure whether holech kisri or holech lav kisri. So you split it. The Khanamru, what do we say here? Shudadif, which is the Shaliach makes a determination of who he thinks A would have wanted to go to, his own heirs or C's heirs, based on what he knows about the relationship, he makes that determination. And Rabbi Shimonasi is just coming to tell us a story that supports the first opinion we had, which means that Holech Kisri is a machloket. So lo, Bari Koliamalopligi. If this guy was a Bari, everybody would agree that Holech um that Holech Lav Kisri and then it would come back to A. Right? Now, what's this about? Hacha b'mayaskin m'shchimira. We're talking about a shchimira, a guy who's dying. Uplukta d'rabalazu rabbanan k'mipalgias. The machlok d'rabalazu rabbanan, whether shchimira does have an extension of rights for kinyonim. Dinan, a machalag mechasav al-piv, if somebody is dividing up uh, his property on his deathbed, he's doing it orally. Whether the guy's healthy or the guy's dying, real estate, you need to do a regular proper Kenyan, uh, chattel, anything has to be picked up, moved around, no special Kenyanim. They say chattel and real estate. If it's a Shchimira, is taken care of just with his own statement. Amrulo, so they said to Rabbalazar, there were uh, there were particular salesmen, and their mother was very sick. Vamra, and she said on her deathbed, "Tinatein kvinati leviti, vibishnei masarmana." And she said a particular item that she has, she wants to give to her daughter, which is worth twelve uh, mana. Umeita, and she died. And the chacham fulfilled it, and instead of giving everything to the sons, they gave that particular thing to the daughter as a gift of the mother, even though there was no kinyan made, which supports chachamim. Amralem, Rabbi said, "Bnei Rochel tik mimam." That uh, their mother should bury them, meaning he said that ruling was wrong. Basically, that's what he was saying. Um, now, Tanakama Karabalazar. So we say that Tanakama in the original Brita that says if the Mishalech saliva comes back, well, it's like Karabalazar. It was a Shchid Mira. He said what he said, but it's not. Uh, but that statement isn't good enough. And until it gets to C, it's nothing. And since C died, in the meantime it comes back. We're not on Yaakov. Nami Karabalazar. They agree. 
Afagav demit. Even though A died, they still do it because Again, they don't hold of the principle that we have to fulfill the dead man's words. V'yesh omrim, meaning more than we would normally do. V'yesh omrim, the v'yesh omrim, karabonim, they hold shechim has a special kinyan, it belongs to C, and therefore it goes to C's heirs. V'yesh omrim, v'yesh omrim, Karabalazar, they hold like Karabalazar, but But if A died, in other words, if A was alive, it would come back to A. But if A died, we want to fulfill A's dying wish, we take it to C's heirs. Again, we're not sure about whether the passing of Karabalazar Rabbanan about Shchimira. And here we do the same thing, we're not sure, but we give it to the Shaliach and say, you determine who, where they would have preferred the money to go. And again, the same thing, Rabbi Shimon is coming simply to tell a story to support the first opinion. Now, parenthetic question, so what we've just rejected is that Holech Kishchi is a Machloket Tanaim, everybody agrees Holech Lav Kishchi, and the issue really is the power of Rishchi Mira. Rabbi Shimon HaNasi, Nasi Hu Omishmei Nasi Kamar, since we never heard of a Rabbi Shimon HaNasi, is the Rabbi Shimon Nasi mentioned this really a Nasi that we didn't hear about otherwise, or was he saying Rabbi Shimon said in the name of the Nasi? The Rav Yosef said in this entire thing, the halacha follows Rav Shimon Hanasi, which doesn't solve anything because of the same question. Still ask, is he a Nasi? Is he quoting a Nasi? So take the answer is we don't know. That's why I put a question mark on the page. But in any case, the halacha is like that first opinion that was supported by the story of Rav Shimon Hanasi, that it goes back to A, or A's heirs. But we pass like chachamim when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, the words of a shchimira. We don't pass like rabbalazer, and when a shchimira makes a command, it's a command. It's like it's written down, already handed over. The answer is Rav Yosef Mokilabari. Rav Yosef says no. The like the first approach that we had that the entire bright is about a bari. But it, the whole case was if the mishaleach if a died, does it go back to his heirs? And we hold mitzvah kaim divramet, which means even if you held that holech lav kisri, we still have mitzvah kaim divramet. So taniach zulim shaleach. In Rav Yosef's version of the Brita, the Mishalech didn't die. And it goes back to the Mishalech, to A, not to the heirs of A. Okay, we've completed our study of the first parak of Masachet Gitin. We'll pick up Mir in the next podcast with Hamevi Tinyana, the second parak Hamevi Get, uh, in Mir In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.